around the world and here at home, bringing relief, hope, and the life-changing message of Jesus. You're listening to the Mize Missions Podcast with Terry Mize. Hello, everyone. God bless you, and welcome today to Terry Mize Ministries Podcast. We are, as always, honored to minister to you and to share some of these wonderful uh, truths from the Word of God and things that we know will help you. We've uh, These are tried and proven, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful insights into the wisdom of God and the power of God. And it's all in the name of Jesus. Thank God for the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, as always, you know, you can find us at terrymize.com and also our website at terrymizeministries.org. And we are thrilled to have the opportunity to talk to you, share with you, and uh, always let you know where we are, what we're doing, and uh, the new things that are on the horizon. We're excited about those things. And so, darling, let's just talk to the folks today. We're here in a a wonderful place, beautiful, beautiful country, and we are on the island of... Samoa. 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 <laughs> it's such a beautiful place in the South Pacific. Well, you're right out in the middle of the South Pacific. Yes, you'd have my to have goodness. have a GPS to find it, or uh, you'd miss it by thousands of miles <laughs> if you just jumped in a boat and tried my to My goodness, yes. The stories we have heard <coughs> of how, how this country has even been evangelized, and we were in New Zealand uh, for the several days, uh, a week or so before we got here, and ministering there in, in three different churches, and then now here in Samoa at the Rama Bible Institute Bible College. Isn't that awesome? Oh, that's tremendous. I always love ministering at Ramas anywhere yeah. in the world. And uh, I don't know, every time I minister to Rama, I always feel somehow like I'm doing something to help uh, Brother Hagen. No, you that's know, right. I knew Brother Hagen since I was uh, Dad Hagen, since I was just 16 years old. And, and uh, just any time I get to preach at a Rama anywhere, uh, I feel like I'm somehow blessing him and uh, being a part of his ministry, of course. And then, of course, Ken, uh, Ken and Lynette, Pastor Hagen, uh, who I've also known since I was 16 years old, are, of course, dear friends. And, and Ken said to me here, uh, here a while back, he said, Terry, you know, for a, for a non-Rama graduate, talking about me never having been to Rama, he said, you probably hold the record for speaking at Ramah's around the world. I said, well, I don't know. I may, I may do. Uh, but I do love ministering to Bible school students. I told the Lord many years ago, uh, I said, Father, if I, when I get invitations to Bible schools, I won't even pray about it. I'll just go help them. Uh, I think those students need, to, need some help. And, you know, Renee, I always thought Bible school students should, uh, should hear from somebody that's actually been there and done that. No, that's right. You know, the, the, the bane, the, the built-in problem, I guess, with all Bible schools, I love Bible schools, but they all have the same built-in problem, uh, <clears throat> is kind of that they, they end up taking a, 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 a student who was a good student last year, the year before, and who looks good and they speak well, they, their comportment is good, they carry themselves well, and they're just a sharp uh, student and, and, and do well in class. And they'll take them many, many times. In fact, most of the time, they'll take one of them and have them uh, make them a teacher for the next year. And yet they have never been in the actual ministry. You know, they, and so they end up teaching Bible school for several years, teaching maybe hundreds of students or thousands of students, yet never having been in the ministry, uh, never having won a soul, never having cast out a devil, never having raised the dead, never having done the stuff that they're teaching the students to do. I'm not making fun of that. I'm just saying that's an inherent 
problem in Bible schools of any denomination. I mean, it doesn't matter what the Bible school is or where it is or what denomination it is. Uh, they end up with that kind of a situation because the people that are actually out in the field are, in fact, actually out in the field. <laughs> they're, not, That's they're, right. they're not there in That's Bible right. school. That's right. And so I always think it's imperative uh, for the students to have somebody like me, and many people like me, not just me, but many, many, many people like me and you, uh, who actually have been in the field and are still in the field and are still active and are still doing this stuff. And so we come in and tell them what the Word says and teach them and train them in the Word, and they realize that they're not getting somebody that's giving them theory, but they're giving somebody no, that's, that's right. giving them a, a, a lifestyle that they actually live. And uh, they're not just teaching, they're not hearing something that somebody else was just taught. They're, they're hearing something right. that somebody else has lived, that we've actually lived and still are living what we're preaching. That's something Kenneth Copeland told me so many decades ago. He said, uh, Jackie and I were still in the mission fields living in Mexico. And one day, and he said, he said, Terry, you know why I tell all your stories and why I like you so well? And why Brother Hagen tells your stories and old Roberts tells your stories and T.L. Osborne tells your stories and all these guys tell your stories and I said, no, why? And he said, because you're, you're doing what we're teaching. He said, we're, we're here in the States teaching this stuff, and uh, you and Jackie are down in Mexico actually doing it. And for a long time, I was the only one that they, they knew of that had those stories and those testimonies of a successful and prosperous missionary. And, of course, now there's lots and lots of people have been trained, you know, by, the, uh, by Kenneth, by the, the Copelands, and by the Hagans, and by lots and lots of good people. Sure, you know? sure. Uh, but at that time, Jackie and I were kind of the first ones of the, quote, word of faith bunch, <laughs> where people actually heard of a missionary that was being prosperous instead of poor, and being uh, uh, victorious, being successful in every area uh, of life. And so I think it's still imperative. And I think when people hear a preacher preach, whether they're Bible school students or a church, I think that when they hear a preacher preach, they know whether that preacher's actually lived that and talking out of experience. No, that's right. Or if they're just preaching a, a, a head knowledge that they've heard from somebody else. So anyway, we're in Samoa, Samoa, and we're ministering at Raymond. We're having a great time, and, and I, they've asked me to teach on the subject of spiritual authority, and we've been doing that now for several days. And uh, it, it's been good. It's exciting. And those students are just, man, they're excited, and they're, they're having a good time, and they're laughing, and they're receiving, <laughs> and uh, they know that yes. they're getting something that will work for them. No, and that's the main thing is that when pastors <clears throat> and ministers stand in their churches um, and minister in leadership positions, um, it's important that everybody understand that that pastor um, has testimonies himself of how he's fought hell for his church members. Mm -hmm. Brother Hagen talked about the, the several years, what, 12 years he passed, 11 years so he pastored. And he said nobody, he had a small congregation and he didn't travel. And he said he, he had testimonies of uh, nobody died during that time. No, he was right. pastoring. That's right. Um, you know, and leaders need he to know that. He said nobody ever died of sickness or disease. Sickness he said or a few disease. died just of old age. They just right. got old and ready to go and went to heaven, but they weren't sick. Well, and it's, it's during this season of, of time that leaders uh, in America, pastors, leaders, and then you as a believer, just knowing that God has given you the opportunity to function in spiritual authority, that so when you uh, live your 24-hour day, that everywhere you go, you're in authority. No, that's right. And if you'll exercise that authority, and then you'll follow leaders... And and the local church and in the ministry around the world that know 
how to operate in spiritual authority, that this is such a serious, serious responsibility of the church that when we get on a bus, if there's any opportunity that the devil wants to take to kill, steal, and destroy, we are there to apprehend hell and stop that. Oh, that's right. A bus, a train, a plane. Yeah, that we're the ones that are in charge, and you have to renew your mind to that. I think the church has gotten off in a lot of areas where we're just all so self-focused on our life, our family, our job, our home, that, that we almost tell God in his face, well, we're, we're going to just take care of us. You take care of everybody else. No, that's right. <laughs> and, and, you know, we end up being selfish with the power of God and the wisdom of God that we all sit in our churches and hear sermon after sermon after sermon. And um, I know one time Dean said to somebody, he said, how long have you been in this church? And they said, 10 years. And Dean said, how many sermons do you think you've heard in 10 years sitting in this church? Yeah, three times a week. You know, three times times a week. week, All the seminars we've put on. Renee's been on radio. We've had women's meetings, men's meetings. He said, out of all the sermons that we've taught in 10 years, which one of those are you going to act on your faith? (laughs) Which one of those is going to make you become a believer instead of uh, a weak, sniveling coward codependent on someone else, and you're going to actually be a doer of the Word of God. Amen. And it's not just in faith, but it's in faithfulness to know that God has placed you in the earth to influence far more people than your family and your and just your neighbors, oh, that yeah. you can Would influence through your yeah. prayers, uh, be a witness uh, that, that you've got to learn to believe God and take spiritual authority and believe for way more than the resources and the influence that you have just within the sphere of people that you can see, that God is able to, wants to use your life. But if you don't know about spiritual authority and you don't know how, you, how that you can literally walk in that everywhere you go. No, that's right. That's right. Go into the grocery well, you store, know, today I told to the, the students, malls. Today I told the students, uh, I guess two different stories about uh, raising people from the dead. Yes. Uh, and, you know, where are they going to hear that? And how often are they going to hear that from, from the horse's <laughs> no, mouth? that's right. Uh, and I told them um, uh, a couple of different stories about how people died uh, because of spiritual authority or the lack thereof, how, the that, uh, thereof. how mm-hmm. that things didn't work for them and they end up dying. And uh, that th- those things are invaluable, Renee. Had no, I, had, I right. had somebody tell me that information... Had I had somebody come that had been there, done that, that's right. uh, and, and experienced that and come tell me personally, here's how I did it, and here's how I made this work. Uh, whenever I was a young man, had I had that? When, if you and Dean had had that when you were, my goodness, no, it would have right. put us miles down the road. Well, it's just a whole other <coughs> frame of mind. It's a mindset that you have to begin to develop that God intends for your life as you are led by the Spirit of God as you hear on the inside of you the wisdom of God for every situation in life, that God intends for your life to be uh, literally, as the Bible says, Jesus said, salted into the earth, into the PTA, into the office downtown where you work, uh, the job site where you're at, your neighbors, your, the schools, everything that you're, you're there to make a difference. And if you don't practice that at home in your personal prayer time and you're not you don't have a leader in your pastor or in your local church somewhere that can teach you that, then you live 
less further down the totem pole than you should. You're not aware of the fact that God's expecting you to perform in places that you wouldn't ordinarily think about because you're just going to the grocery store to get your family some food. You know, you're just out running errands, going to the bank, going to the cleaners, going to the gas station, all of these things. But yet your life is what God is looking over the whole earth, looking for an opportunity to show himself strong on behalf of the people of God. That if you get in a situation where faith is required, leadership is required, miracles are required, the wisdom of God is required, you're ready. Yeah. yeah. You're ready. You get in a situation where somebody's going to have to stand up and take authority and take dominion and take charge. Uh, Guess what? Tag, you're it. That's it. You can do it. Where where there would be fear (laughs) and panic and absolute, uh, sometimes just even... um, you know, people are angry and they're and they're mad, oh, yeah, sure. and and they're going to hurt someone. Well, you may be the one that God's counting on. You can say something. You can stop this. You can use the name of Jesus. Take authority over that spirit driving that person. And God expects you to be the one to do that. That's right. And That's so exactly right. we've got to, as leaders in the church, uh, we Terry and I pray all the time that pastors will stand up and take authority. You need to pick a church. Uh, as Terry has said so many times, you need to pick a church and a pastor that you know will fight hell for you, that knows how to do that. Absolutely. And it can be the it, it can determine whether even you live or die. You know, wherever we are, we can we can assess the situation and uh, handle the situation. Sometimes defuse the situation. I remember well, one time, Lynn and I, my son, Lynn and I were right. in uh, were in Athens, Greece, mm. and uh, we were staying at this hotel and. We came outside, heard all this noise, and came outside, and there was a huge mob demonstration. And uh, the cops were there. All the police were turned oh, out in their riot gear and had on their big helmets and face shields. <coughs> Excuse me, not face shields, face shields. Uh, and and then had their regular shields up that right. you know that uh, and then had their riot batons and and forming lines and 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 it was a really tense situation. And we walked out there, and the hotel told us said, "Don't go out there. It's dangerous." And we walked on out anyway, and the, uh, uh, one of the police said, you know, don't be out here, it's dangerous. And I just said, let's, let's just walk through the crowd and defuse this stuff. So we just started praying and just walking through the crowd and made our way in and out, weaving in and out, weaving in and out, walking in through people around, just ministering peace, 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 peace. You know, the Word says we can leave our peace. No, that's right. And so right. Uh, we just marched around out in through there, you know, and just uh, uh, <clears throat> letting the Holy Ghost minister uh, just as we're, you know, just praying in our under our breath and praying in tongues and speaking peace, and finally got over to the other side and and then just stopped and turned around some little, you know, sidewalk cafe and just watched the situation. It all just broke up and and fizzled out and went away, and they marched off down the street and nothing happened. Well, and uh, <clears throat> you know, we can just operate in peace or operate in love or operate in authority because we're the ones. Uh, there, even though there were thousands of people there and lots and lots of cops there, you know, then I felt like, well, hey, we're we're in authority here. We're going to take authority and take dominion. Oh, that's right. <clears throat> just well, by and, our presence. And that's really what what God expects you to do because hell knows you're there anyway. Well, you better believe that. Hell knows when a Christian walks in the door, and angels. If you've been making headlines in hell. <laughs> that's then right. They know who you are. If oh. you've been making headlines in the daily newspaper of hell, uh, then then they know who you. Are. That's why those demons said to said to those uh, that preacher boy whenever he said, I'm going to cast you devils no, out right. in the exactly. name of Jesus that Paul preaches about. They said, well, you know what? We know who Paul is. Right. He's made headlines in hell. 
We know who Jesus is. He's made headlines in hell, but we never heard of you. And so they jumped on him and beat him up and, and stripped that boy's clothes off of him and chased him down the road naked. And um, that's the way it is today. The demons know when a believer shows up with authority in the name of Jesus. That's right. And I think that's one, of, that's one of the first messages you preached in our church in Corpus Christi back in 1978-79 in there. And uh, you were preaching on that authority that we have. And I want to just always give a commercial for personal prayer life growth in your life, that you'll learn how to take authority by the, as you spend time in prayer privately, taking authority over the, the plots and schemes of the enemy against your own family, against your life. You'll grow in that. And as you learn to grow in that, and as you learn to take authority, and hell begins to realize you're on the job praying, yeah, then yeah. They're, you're going to have some testimonies. Hell will begin to back up. And um, like Brother Osteen used to say all the time, those little, all those little hairy demons will move on down the street, and they won't stop at your house. Oh, that's right. <laughs> they won't, that's right. They'll quit stopping at your house. Uh, going about roaming around seeing whom they may devour, they'll decide your house isn't worth the fight because they're always going to lose every time they pick a fight with you. No, that's right. They want to fight where they can win. No, that's right. Hell, I I noticed a lot of times Satan has, unless he can get a mob, uh, he's pretty much a coward on trying to stand and fight against a person that knows how to believe God, hold the shield of faith out there, speak the word, stand and not waver or compromise. And that's where we need to learn uh, all of these things that we are learning from the word of God. That's why the Bible was written um, and, and for our generation. We may be the whole purpose of our of why the Bible was written, because we are the ones on whom the end of the age has come. Paul told the Corinthians. So we are tag, the tag. You're it. Yeah, you're we the are the aroma. The the come. Yeah, Paul said we're the uh, there in Corinthians. He said we are the aroma unto life. That in the midst of walking around death, we are the ones that are the aroma unto life. And you and I are the ones on whom the end of the age come. If there was ever a generation that the Bible was written for, it's written for this generation. So I want to, Terry and I want to stimulate you to be the the believer that knows how to operate in spiritual authority. Search the scriptures to learn how to do that. Terry gave a tremendous example today, uh, several of them, uh, about coming upon someone in a car wreck, someone that had been injured, uh, run over by a truck, someone that had been uh, in different situations in life and how to get spiritual authority. Uh, Even when others are standing around in unbelief, that God is able to still... Uh, work through you in a situation, but you have to hear from the Holy Ghost. You have to follow an instant uh, order from the Holy Spirit. Um, there's there a lot of times in a, in a real crisis situation, you're not going to have time to go to your prayer room and hear from God and spend two or three hours in prayer and read your Bible and have a, a lovely little time of, of um, waiting on God. You're going to have to walk in full of the Holy Ghost. Yes. You're going to have to be full of the presence of God. You're going to have to hear from God in a moment's notice and be able to know what to do and function without fear and dread and worry overwhelming you. And so that's why we we tell you to practice in prayer. 
uh, spend more time in prayer, uh, get scriptures that'll fill your heart with faith, and then have leaders in your life that are constantly uh, teaching you how to function in no, those that's right. areas. That's right. Because you can't, the Bible says, how can two walk together except they be agreed? You know, you've, uh, you've had a little spiritual authority testimony and situation and lifestyle here on this trip. Yes, I because, have. Uh, while we were in New Zealand and we were just traveling the nation and going from uh, the North Island all the way down through the North Island and then across the ferry over into the South Island and then all the way, almost all the way to the end of the South Island. And uh, we got down in Queenstown, which is a lovely, beautiful city. Mm. And, um, and uh, at some point, you lost your Bible. Yeah, it just disappeared. We we had no idea where it went. Somewhere between Queenstown and Christchurch. We got to Christchurch, your Bible wasn't there. Right, and I, it just was startling, shocking to me. And you and I called everywhere, and we looked everywhere. Well, we and knew everywhere we had been. We knew the hotel we had stayed in. Right? We called back. Nobody found anything. Offered a reward. And uh, finally, we just said, you know, that thing is just absolutely lost as far as... as, far as uh, uh, knowing where it is, I mean, right. we know we know where we were. We know we were at the, at the hotel in Queenstown, and we know we were at the hotel in in Christchurch. So we had to absolutely just take authority and dominion, and begin to declare to that Bible and talk to that Bible and begin to talk to the angels yeah, and tell the angels no and loose the angels and put them on an assignment to go find that Bible. We said, angels, you know where it is. We don't know where it is, but you know where it is. You know exactly where it is. We can rack our brain trying to figure out where did we last see it, but you know where it is. You know where it is right this second. So uh, we need you to get it to us. Well, and, and you know, I, I, I know the Lord hears us the first time, but when you're in a complicated situation, uh, Terry, Terry and I agreed together as he prayed in faith. We had a, a sit-down, specific prayer time where Terry led he and I in prayer, uh, loosing angels, uh, commanding that Bible to come back, and we loosed our faith See, and on that And that's your thing. Bible because it's your Bible. You have spiritual authority over that's it. That's right. That's not the devil's Bible. That's your Bible. So I, I would get up early, and I spent hours in prayer commanding that Bible because Terry, as Terry prayed, we didn't know if somebody had, had the right person had picked it up, if it was laying somewhere that somebody would have yeah. to go find it. We said, Lord, don't let some hater pick it up and just say, oh, <laughs> it's just a stupid Bible. I'll just throw it in the trash. I said, Lord, Father, you have somebody, some right. right person find it. And, you know, we we just prayed over it in intercession that God would have the right person get pick it up at the right time. And we asked several friends to check different places and stuff that we knew we might could have left it. And you know what? Well, you know, the Lord even left us to do an unusual thing. I mean, God yeah. orchestrated this yeah, thing. Yeah, it was really Heaven cool. Heaven orchestrated Really, really Heaven had cool. to say, now, hmm, <laughs> they, they've taken authority over this Bible. Yeah. Uh, now, how are we going to get point A to point B to point C? How are we going to connect the dots yes. to make sure that the right person finds this Bible? Well, and so what happened was is we stopped at a pretty little town. And uh, on recommendation, yes, somebody had recommended say when you when you you're going to have to go off the road on your travels, but but go off the road a few miles. There's this pretty little town, and so we did. We just went in a little pretty little town, and as we drove through this pretty little little town, there was a cafe there, right. a coffee shop, and a chocolatier, a bakery shop. That's right. <laughs> and so we just said, hey, let's go in and get some coffee. And so we went in and had some coffee and got some chocolates yeah. and just sat down there and just enjoyed the pretty little town. And then all of a sudden, God just dropped it in my heart 
and said, you know what? Some friends of ours are going to be here next week. They're they told us that they were yeah. coming next week to this same little town. They're the ones who recommended we ought to go there. And, uh, and it, God just dropped it in my heart to buy them a, a, a gift card. Right. A, a voucher, a gift card for that very coffee shop. Right. And we said, wouldn't it be nice that when they get here next week, they'll have a gift card waiting on them here, and they can buy some chocolates and, and, and buy some coffee. And they're going to be here two or three days. And so we made it a $50 voucher or a $50 gift card so they can yeah. come buy, you know, coffee a couple of times or, or some bakery stuff uh, two or three times. And so we just bought that on the spur of the moment. Now we know it's inspired of the Holy Ghost. And so we bought that and put their name on it and put it in an envelope and we gave it to the proprietor. And we said, now some friends are coming this next week. And uh, when they do, we'll hit, we want you to give them this uh, this card. We're going to tell them to come here and ask you and uh, you give them this voucher. And so they they did that, of course. Well, so then we called our friends and right. said, hey, y'all have got a surprise for you when you get down there to that pretty little town. Right. Uh, the name of the town was Arrowtown. So when you get down to Arrowtown, then uh, be sure and go down there on Main Street and look up this, this coffee shop and this bakery. And we left you a $50 gift card there. And, uh, and so then after we finished telling them that, we said, you know what, let's tell them to ask that people there if, if they found uh, your Bible, if maybe your Bible dropped out of the car onto right, the ground. Just across the street. Because you'd, been, you'd had the Bible in your lap right. uh, reading it to us, and then all of a sudden it's gone. So where in the right. world did we lose it? When did we lose it? <laughs> and so we just had this thought, why don't we just tell them to ask the proprietor if they found the Bible? And so um, we did. We texted them and said, hey, when you get there, said Renee's lost her Bible, uh, but we've got it in our spirit. It's along the road somewhere, and we're asking God to, to get it to where somebody will know where it is. And we didn't even park in the, in the bakery shop uh, parking area. We parked actually across the street. And so we just told them, they said, when you get there, go in and ask the proprietor if somebody's turned a Bible in. So they said, okay, we'll do that. Well, they did. They went there, and they went to Arrowtown, and then they went to the bakery shop, and then they got the, the gift card, and then they asked the people if the Bible had been turned in. They said, no, nobody's turned in a Bible. So this is just a shot in the dark. Right. That, that nobody right. out of all these people in and out of that town, nobody's found this Bible. Nobody's turned this Bible in. Right. And so uh, our friends just got their gift card and their voucher, and they went on about their business, and all of a sudden it just, it just hit their heart. And they said, let's call the police station in Queenstown. Now, they weren't even in Queenstown, but that's the place we had spent the night at uh, and, and out of the way. And so they just called the police station in Queenstown, and the police said, we have that Bible. Isn't that something? And they said, what? You have the Bible. They found it. Somebody turned it in. <clears throat> and see, had we not gave them the voucher, the $50 gift certificate, <laughs> uh, then we would have never said, hey, ask somebody if you, they, they found the Bible at the gift shop. But then they went above and beyond that, that and said, well, let's just call the police station in Queenstown, and, and which is another 30 minutes down the road. My, my. And the Queenstown police said, well, yeah, we have a Bible turned in. And they said, well, look in it and see if see if Renee Mize's name is in, in it. And the police opened it and looked at it. Yep, Renee Mize. And so we haven't gotten it back in our little grubby fingers yet, right. but uh, they are sending it to Auckland, New Zealand. And when we get from here from Samoa, we're going to preach in another nation in the South Pacific called Vanuatu. Right. And then when we leave there, we're going to Fiji for overnight. And then we're flying into Auckland, and we're going to preach on the 24th of this month. Right. We're going to preach in a church for some friends of ours in Auckland and then fly out to the United States on the 25th. And guess what? 
our your Bible will be waiting for you at our hotel in Auckland when we get there. And That's all due to spiritual authority and, <laughs> and the leading of the Holy Ghost in yes. buying some chocolate and some coffee. No, that's it. It's just a miraculous thing. Praise and, God. And nobody's more happy and thrilled. I had, you know, it, when you when you're in a situation like that and you're in a foreign country, I I, I just, you know, my my natural person <clears throat> have that Bible being being as old as it was. Uh, 14, 15 years old, I was just grieving over the loss of that Bible because it had seen me through some of the, the worst and best times of my life, right. you know. And you're retiring and, it pretty soon because you uh, want to give it to, 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 uh, Abigail, to your daughter. To my daughter. And there, you know, so there was just this dread and grieving I, I had to rebuke off of me and then stay in intercession, stay in faith. Talk to that Bible. Talk to, talk it, to the angels. Command it. Run I the mean, devil off of it. it. You're a, not going to find it with some hater find it and throw it in no, the trash or right. burn it. You know, and, and that's, again, I want to remind everybody the importance of what your mouth says. You have to constantly be in conversation with the, with the unseen realm. No, that's right. You have, that's to, right. you have to constantly guard your words, guard your thoughts, and then say things that will lose faith out of your own heart. And I, I want to encourage you with that, that, that you have to be quick to speak the Word of God. Uh, quick to st operate in faith, loose angels, uh, plead the blood of Jesus over things. Make sure you're saying things in faith and that you don't speak uh, fear and worry and loss and sadness but that you have practiced that in prayer enough to where no, you're right. in charge. That's right. And that's personal. And keep speaking peace to yourself. Don't yeah. let yourself get down. But I kept telling you every day, the angels know where that is. Yeah, that's right. You know, we'd come in a hotel room. We're in a place. We'd look for the Bible thinking maybe the angels just got it and it'll be waiting for us. Yeah, really. I was, I was expecting anything. <clears throat> you know, I told Renee a story about this, and we're going to have to wrap this up. But I, I told Renee a story that, that numbers of years ago, I was flying overseas. I was flying overseas to preach in another nation. And uh, while I was on the airplane, uh, I have a finger that I injured many years ago. Some of you all listen to my Spiritual Authority series know, know the story where they wanted to actually cut my finger off. And I said, no, nope, I'm not. They said, you're going to lose that finger. And I said, no, I'm not. And so uh, I didn't lose it. But, uh, but because uh, uh, of the injury, it, it swells sometimes. And uh, uh, whenever I'm flying in an airplane, it'll just, it, it, it's not that it hurts me at all. But yet, sometimes on an airplane, it'll swell enough that it'll it'll put pressure on my wedding ring, right. and my wedding right. ring will begin just to irritate it, just just to irritate the right. fact that it's too tight. And so uh, that was happening on this plane. I was flying overseas, and I was on the plane, and and my finger was bothering me, and my ring was bothering me, and so so I just slipped my wedding ring off and stuck it. Uh, I thought in my pocket, and uh, when I got to where I was going to the nation I was going to, and got to the hotel that night and emptied my pockets. Um, before I went to bed, the wedding ring wasn't there. And I said, oh, my Lord, where in the world? What did I, did I drop that ring in the airplane or what did well, I do? Mm -hmm. And so <clears throat> I began to call that wedding ring in and call it. Angels, you know exactly where it is. You know exactly where I dropped it. You know exactly why it's not in my pocket. And uh, you get that wedding ring back to me. It doesn't have my name in it. It doesn't have an address on it. It doesn't have any right. any way of anybody in the world at a, at a uh, out of seven billion people in the planet, it doesn't have a way for one of them to know <laughs> well, that it belongs to me or how to get it back to me. But I just kept telling the angels. And that whole trip, I told the angels to get it back to me, get it back to me, get it back to me, bring it to me, deliver it to me. Uh, and finally, I got back home. And uh, I had been home about three weeks, Renee. 
And one day I was just sitting in the, in the chair or the couch holding one of the grandbabies in the, in the living room. And, and I'm just sitting there playing with that baby and talking to that baby. And all of a sudden I just looked out across the living room, you know, towards the television and smack in the middle of our living room floor on the carpet was my wedding ring. <laughs> and I sat there and saw that. And I said, what? And I got up and walked over there and picked it up. And it was my wedding ring. Now, how in the world? No joke. And here people had walked in and out of the house all day long. Uh, nobody saw that ring. It wasn't right. there before. It hadn't been, been there. It, it hadn't been there for all those weeks and weeks. Right, right, but all right. of a sudden, the angels just said, I'm going to put this right where he can't miss it. No joke. And put it right in the middle of the living room floor. And it's totally, absolutely impossible. That was just supernatural by the Holy Ghost and the angels of God Hallelujah. were out. You know, Hebrews says angels are ministering spirits. That's right. Sent, 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 sent by God, sent by heaven, sent to minister for those who are heirs of salvation, and that's us. That's right. Now, they don't do, they're not sent to mow our grass and, 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 and make our tea and <laughs> coffee in the morning, uh, no, but they're right. sent to do supernatural things. They don't do the natural. God expects you to that's do right. the natural. That's right. But they do the supernatural. Their angels are ministering spirits sent to minister for those who are heirs, heirs of, salvation. of salvation. And that's exactly what those angels did about my wedding ring. That's exactly what those angels did about your Bible. No, and, and you're, um, you're listening to two very grateful people today. We are so grateful for the opportunity that God gives us uh, to live for Him and that there are testimonies in our lives of his faithfulness to us and that he has entrusted us, Terry, with his living presence on the inside of us and expects us to function in the earth just like he would if he was here. That's right. And we're so thankful that we get to do what we do. And I'm so thankful for our partners that help us do this. People that that pray for us daily, regularly, and that send money to us, that partner with us financially and partner with us monthly, financially, faithfully. And uh, to send us around the world to get this job done. And uh, the people there at the Bible school today, Patty and James, just saying, we're so amazed at y'all's schedule and your age and what you do and and how you don't stop and and so on and so on and so on. Well, we're just thankful to God for that kind of grace to do what we do and uh, and for people that will help us do it. No, that's right. And it and we still have a heavy schedule. I should say a full schedule, not a heavy schedule, but a full schedule uh, here in Samoa. And then immediately off early, early Saturday morning early Saturday up to morning. Uh, to Vanuatu to, to minister for a whole week there at the Bible school there. Then back to New Zealand to minister, and then to the states. And we won't be home but a couple of days, and then head off for another uh, uh, for another meeting. Well, you know, all we all are doing salted into the earth, as I like to think about. God's got us all in strategic places. We are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. Our prayers change lives and nations. Our words shape our destiny. And I want to encourage all of you today. Terry and I want you to know how much we love you. We appreciate you. We're in this together. Anything we can say to help, we want to do it. And we're always there to pray and believe God with you. So uh, until we see you next time and we're we're together, uh, just know we're praying for you. And we thank you for praying for us. And we want you to all know that you are more More than than conquerors. conquerors. God bless you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to a Mize Missions podcast. For all the latest updates to our global projects, speaking engagements, and social media, visit us at terrymize.com. You can partner with us to give living bread to dying men around the world. Get involved at terrymize.com.
Until next time, thanks for joining us. This has been a presentation of Terry Mize Ministries.